Welcome to HealthCast, the heartbeat of health IT. I'm Alexander Bolova, production lead at GovCIO Media and Research. With me today is staff writer and researcher, Nikki Henderson. Hi, Nikki. Hi, Alex. How are you? I'm doing great. And welcome to our very first episode of HealthCast, not only of the year, but of the season. I am really excited to kick off our season with the conversation you had with Dr. Susan Wright, the Program Director for Big Data and Computational Science at NIDA. Before we get into your conversation, for our listeners who don't know, what does NIDA stand for and what do they do? NIDA stands for the National Institute on Drug Abuse. And their main mission is to advance science on the causes and consequences of drug use and addiction and apply that information to improve overall public health. So a very important mission. Definitely, definitely. And these new technologies that they're using, Alex, the ones that they're implementing, such as AI and ML, are helping them accomplish exactly what they have set out to do. So, Nikki, how is technology impacting scientific research on drug use and addiction at NIDA? Well, Alex, technology is making a huge impact on how the scientific research on drug use and addiction at NIDA. It's really impacting it in a big way. During my conversation with Susan, she highlighted the Intramural Research Program, or IRP. Susan said that over 20 million people currently need treatment for drug use, but only a fraction of those actually receive it due to limited financial resources. So Susan said IRP is helping to bridge that treatment gap by using smartphone technology to deliver evidence-based addiction treatment interventions to those who really need it the most. So it's really a very promising program, Alex. Yeah, this sounds like really, really important work. Uh, And you're talking about the role that technology is playing. And I think we can't talk about technology without talking about the role of artificial intelligence and machine learning. So how do those come into play as far as data operations go? When I asked Susan about artificial intelligence and machine learning, she said currently there is a great deal of emphasis being placed on both right now. Big data science is linked with AI, especially in machine learning approaches. And so Susan said these types of algorithms have already played a major role in making sense of addiction data at NIDA. Susan also added that AI and ML have the potential to lead to novel discoveries in basic neuroscience, improve healthcare system operations, and even increase the delivery of positive patient outcomes. So I have to say that the use of AI and ML are definitely a primary focus right now at NIDA. Well, and when you have technology like that, or really any technology in general, we really cannot be forgetting about cybersecurity. And I know we have talked a lot at GovSkyo Media Research about the role zero trust plays when it comes to protecting data and overall frameworks. Did this come up in your conversation? 
Yes, it did, Alex. Uh, zero trust definitely was a topic that Susan hit on during our conversation. Due to the sensitivity of the data that NIDA collects, Susan said, overall, NIH uh, has made investments to implement a modern security architecture with cybersecurity tools to maintain an appropriate security structure. So adequately protecting data is indeed critical and Zero Trust is playing a major role in that. Well, thank you for providing some context for your conversation and I think we should take a listen. So my name is Susan Wright and I'm the Associate Director for Data Science at NIDA. I'm also the Program Director for Big Data and Computational Science within the Division of Neuroscience and Behavior at NIDA. And I've been there for about five years. And just to give a little bit of background information about what we do at NIDA, um, we support scientific research on drug use and its consequences. And our mission is really to advance science on the causes and consequences of drug use and addiction, and then apply that knowledge to improve individual and public health. And as you can imagine, the biomedical research is aimed at understanding how addictive drugs alter brain biology and function to cause a state of physical dependence or promote the compulsive behavior that characterizes addiction is generating a substantial amount of data of various types. Um, this can include imaging data, genetic data, physiological data, also electronic health records, and that's just naming a few. Um, these data need to be stored, managed, standardized, and published. And our NIDA strategic plan outlines how data science can be leveraged to reveal new aspects of addiction biology and is also closely aligned with the NIH strategic plan for data science. Awesome. That is wonderful. Thank you so much for providing some background on NIDA. I really do appreciate that. Well, Susan, how does technology make a difference in supporting scientific research on drug use and addiction? So at NIDA, so we're the National Institute on Drug Abuse. We're one of the 27 institutes and centers at the NIH, and we're dedicated to understanding the causes, consequences, and treatment of substance use disorders. And as part of the way we meet this challenge, we have a research facility called the Intramural Research Program, or IRP, based in Baltimore. And at the IRP, they're conducting state-of-the-art basic preclinical and also clinical research on mechanisms that underlie the substance use disorders, addiction, and also relapse. And the hope is that ultimately these efforts will be translated into new methods for the prevention and treatment of substance use disorders. And because our NIDA our IRP program has been doing some cutting edge data science research, I'd like to highlight that. So our NIDA IRP investigators were pioneers in the study of human addictive behaviors with ecological momentary assessment, or EMA. And this is in which um, randomly timed probes of daily life behavior are combined with event-specific probes of drug use events. And this has enabled clinical research investigators to conduct research studies in both new and innovative ways, meeting people where they are by using smartphones for assessment and addiction. And there are over 23 million people in the United States who need, but do not receive drug or alcohol treatment. And it's estimated that only about 4 million receive treatment. This results in a substantial treatment gap. So there's limitations on provision of treatment, including scarce financial and human resources, and the need to overcome the stigma of addiction. And one of the ways to bridge that treatment gap includes using smartphone technology to deliver evidence-based addiction treatment interventions to the people who need it the most. And these innovative treatment methods that the NIDA IRP are developing may mean that one day we'll be able to use a just-in-time adaptive intervention with treatment provided when and where it is needed. 
You know, Susan, those were some pretty um, staggering uh, statistics that you gave. And so I'm really glad that there is a program, the IRP program is helping to uh, bridge that treatment gap that is really um, promising. Well, in what specific areas does technology do best when enabling the agency's mission? So at NIDA and also more generally at NIH, we're working to adopt and adapt emerging specialized technologies for data analytics. Um, so in achieving this goal, we have a focus on a few areas, and this includes supporting useful, generalizable, and accessible tools and workflows, broadening the utility usability, the accessibility of specialized tools, and also the improving discovery and cataloging of resources. And to address this, it's critical to coordinate the research, the development, and the use of artificial intelligence particularly machine learning technologies. So NIDA has a number of funding announcements in this area, and we have funded several projects that are key for our data science portfolio. And we also have several NOCEs or notices of special interest. We're also involved in several very exciting trans-NIH initiatives that focus on AI, as well as a couple of interagency initiatives. Well, that's good. It seems like AI is really uh, playing more of a role than ever in technology at different agencies. And that, that's really good to hear. This episode is brought to you by Rubrik. Data security is the new frontier in cybersecurity. For federal agencies, this means implementing a cloud-smart approach to data management without adding complexity. Rubrik can help your agency protect your data from cyber threats by using enhanced analytics and mitigating sensitive data exposure. Rubrik protects your data wherever it lives, across enterprise, cloud, and SaaS, so you can become unstoppable. At Rubrik, our mission is to let you focus on yours. Visit rubrik.com federal for more information. Well, how are data analytics contributing to the different projects and initiatives underway at NIDA? So NIDA is very interested in harnessing big data analytics to gain new knowledge, related to the neurobiology and behavioral changes that are um, consequences of or that underlie drug use and addiction. So we do have several funding announcements that encourage the analyses of one or more data sets or knowledge sources to address this fundamental research and questions associated with substance use. Um, we also encourage the development of computational tools, and this can be aggregated data sets, standards, and analytical software. Um, this helps to facilitate future analyses of such research data. And some specific areas of interest would be the translational integration between animal and human research data, the development of software to analyze large, complex data sets, dimensionality reduction to allow visualizations of high-dimensional data, development of tools using automated analyses and machine learning classifications of big data, including behavioral data, and developing methods to integrate and analyze multiple sources of data. And this could be the imaging data, genetics, electronic health records, mobile devices, that kind of data. Wow, that's quite a bit. And you said imaging data. What exactly do you mean by the imaging data? So we have a lot of neuroimaging data. Um, the ABCD study is one of the initiatives that is generating quite a bit of this data. Oh, okay. Well, um, this actually leads me perfectly into my next question. Uh, Susan, how is the Open Data Cloud platform reshaping research at NIDA? So NIDA encourages and leverages the STRIDES initiative, and this stands for the Science and Technology Research Infrastructure for Discovery, Experimentation, and Sustainability. 
So it's quite an acronym. <laughs> so the NIH Strides Initiative addresses the recent shift to using the cloud, where both data and tools are made accessible to researchers. So the use of the cloud across NIH is greatly increasing, and many NIH programs are either using or planning to use the cloud to store and compute on data. So what Strides is, is it's a series of public-private sector relationships that, to obtain cloud-based storage, computing, and also related services at cost-effective rates. So it's available to NIH as well as our NIH-funded researchers. And it's, it's aims to significantly lower the barriers to entry for accessing and computing biomedical research data. And it also uses some of the most advanced computational infrastructure, tools, and services available. And it helps to overcome some administrative obstacles by exploring new business models and how we work with partners. And it also addresses technical obstacles by leveraging unique opportunities for training and collaboration. And then it also helps to overcome financial obstacles by testing multiple funding approaches to promote the use of the cloud. So there's quite a bit going on in this area. Oh, wow. It sounds like it. And it seems like the Strides Initiative, I mean, thanks for giving that explanation of it, because it seems like that really is a big part of uh, what's reshaping the research at NIDA. So thank you for that. Susan, what role does machine learning, I know you mentioned artificial intelligence earlier, uh, play in data operations at NIDA? So there has been an increasing emphasis on artificial intelligence or AI, and big data science is definitely linked with artificial intelligence, particularly machine learning approaches. And these types of algorithms have played an important role in helping to make sense of addiction data in recent years. So we do have several funding announcements that encourage the use of artificial intelligence. And we're trying to make um, data usable with artificial intelligence approaches. And these approaches can leverage computer models and systems to simulate human-like decision-making in just some ways that the AI ML techniques to biomedical research data, um, it has the potential to lead to novel discoveries in basic neuroscience, it can improve health and healthcare system operations, and it can also increase the delivery of high-quality healthcare and positive patient health outcomes. So these are all areas we're very interested in at NIDA. Oh, okay. Awesome. Well, what new technologies is NIDA leveraging to do further analysis on drug use and addiction? So there's a few exciting areas. So advancements in supercomputing from the petascale to the exascale levels are helping to address issues of scale, complexity, and processing speed. And they're also allowing for even more opportunities to analyze and model complex biological systems to increase our understanding of addiction. I think that quantum computing is also on the horizon, but maybe but but further away. We're not exactly sure exactly um, when that might be ready for widespread use. But in general, we encourage collaborations. And with the incorporation of data science as a new tool for the study of substance use disorders, there's obviously a need to increase ex expertise in computer science, bioinformatics, and mathematics. And so as you can imagine, training is very important. So we're very interested in increasing the capacity of experts in these areas to move into the biomedical research space, particularly in addiction research. And towards this goal, we've been strategizing to position NIDA as to be a leader in data science training. And our overall goal is to develop and expand data science efforts in addiction research, particularly among women and underrepresented minority populations. And to this end, we have published an OC to highlight interest in this area and are also partnering with other NIH institutes and even other agencies to strengthen our outreach. Well, that's, that's really good. You said that you're reaching out and trying to help those who are underserved, underprivileged, and those in the minority community. That is really good. And I, I thank you for highlighting those, those new technologies that NIDA is um, 
is leveraging. Well, Susan, how important is it to implement a zero trust architecture when it comes to protecting NIDA's overall framework? That's a great question. So due to the sensitivity of the data collected, um, whether it's containing PII, PHI, or SI, the NIH has made significant investments as an agency to implement a modern security architecture, which is based on the notion of least privileged access. And in terms of NIDA's overall framework strategy, all systems, both inside and outside the network, need to be treated as a potential threat. As NIDA is well protected within the walls of the NIH, adequately protecting data associated with funded research outside of the walls of NIH becomes a major area of risk. But research-based organizations are expected to comply with NIH mandates by implementing cybersecurity tools and technologies built on the foundation of zero trust architecture. And the National Institute of Standards and Technology, or NIST, had a special publication on zero trust focuses on protecting resources. And this includes assets, services, workflows, network accounts, et cetera, and not network segments, as the network location is no longer seen as a prime component to the security posture of the resource. But in order to meet these um, zero trust architecture principles, Continuously following a trust but verified practices are essential to maintaining an appropriate and also acceptable security posture. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for that, Susan. And we're almost out of time, but before we conclude, I want to know, is there anything else you would like to share, like any final thoughts or comments about what we discussed today? Well, first, I want to thank you for taking the time to allow us to highlight the data science program. Um, I definitely would like to encourage anybody interested in participating in data science research, specifically for NIDA, to contact us. Um, if you reach out via email, um, you can find me on the website. You can find a number of our funding announcements there. Um, if you reach out to a program officer for whatever area of interest, but I'm hoping to reach out for data science, we'd be happy to chat with you to talk about how you can get involved. And even if you're interested in data science training, um, that would be wonderful. Okay, great. Great. That was awesome, Susan. Well, we had a great and productive conversation this afternoon. I, I really enjoyed it. So thank you so much. And I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, Nikki. You too. That was a really interesting conversation, Nikki. Before we let our listeners go, are there any top takeaways that you want to highlight from your conversation? Well, I just want to highlight the IRP program, the intramural research program that Susan discussed. She talked about how there are just millions of people who are not receiving the treatment that they need for drug use. And that was very disturbing to me, but that program will ensure that so many millions of people will actually be able to receive that despite their limited financial resources, that they will be able to receive that treatment and the technology, um, the smartphones are making that possible. So I think that is a very important and promising program that will help so many people who desperately need it. Definitely. And we talk so much about technology here at GovCIO Media and Research, and oftentimes it can feel a little distant and hard to understand how it impacts people. But I think this is a great example of how technology really can play a positive role in people's lives um, and how the technologies that we discuss uh, here, how those are critical to achieving those missions. 
Nikki, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Tune in next week for a brand new HealthCast. Until then, I'm Alexander Bolova. I'm Nikki Henderson. Thank you for listening. HealthCast, along with GovCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com. <laughs>